This is one of the things that the 43 Group is known by and should be known in the future, that you do not wait to be attacked. You take the fight of the enemy and attack those before they attack you. We did find ourselves in a very tricky situation, sometimes outnumbered. Anything you do to deter people from nasty things they want to do was uh, a good thing. Hello, welcome to episode 22 of Radio 43. This is the anti-fascist briefing from Hope Not Hate, the show where we look at the uh, what the UK far right's been up to over the previous week. My name is Nick Spooner. I've got Joe Mulholl with me here this week. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, good, mate. How are you? I'm very well. Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. I saw a graphic of you looking extremely smart in Parliament uh, last week in some sort of committee. What was going on there? I had that say it was. Um, I thought I looked extremely fat, but yeah, I'll take I'll take smart. Um, no, no, you look was, sharp, mate. <laughs> no, it was the uh, petitions committee. I was there talking about the online uh, safety bill, the kind of the one we've mentioned a few times on the podcast. But I was giving mm. some evidence around anonymity online, um, questions about le- should legal but harmful content be regulated, and all that sort of stuff. So it was interesting. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it's kind of. I think it's now been released as a transcript as part of the evidence for it all, but. I'm sure we'll do lots more on the online safety bill as it kind of towards the end of the year, it will start to, it should be introduced into parliament. And so we maybe we'll do a special on it to go through it because it's, it's quite a big one for us. Oh yeah, absolutely. What's the next stage with this thing? I mean, is there, is there, do, do we have any involvement in the next stage? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, it should, Boris has said that, um, Boris Johnson, I should say, uh, said that <laughs> it will be coming forward before Christmas into parliament. It looks like that actually probably won't happen. So it might probably be uh, March next year. But all of the committees that are looking into it, including the Joint Committee for the Online Safety Bill, they're going to put a report together. And the Petitions Committee will put a report together and the DCMS. So there'll be all these... Currently, the legislation is being scrutinised. And then uh, that will all go back. And then we should see another version of the bill. When when that exactly happens, I'm not sure. So, um, But yeah, I mean, it should be within the next few months. We'll have a much better idea. And then, yeah, we'll be starting to talk about it a lot more publicly again as well. Nice. Well, I look forward to being able to do that. Um, and well done again. Congratulations for, uh, for for being in there. Also, I should just say Roxy's in here today. Solidarity with Roxy. She'll be back next week. And uh, let's get on. Let's get on with the show then. Uh, and I think we're going to start with um, uh, with responses to to sort of what's happened in Liverpool over the weekend. And uh, I think really this is going to follow a sort of similar format to what we did. Um, in the aftermath of the, uh, the terrible murder of David Amos MP. And that's because we're going to spend a bit of time kind of, again, looking into the sewer um, at the start of this episode and, uh, and examining how the far right has responded to what looks like an attempted terror attack in Liverpool over the weekend. We've got to be sort of careful about how we talk about this because there's information coming out all the time. But for those of you who don't know, and I'm sure uh, those of you listening probably will, there was a suspected suicide bomber who blew himself up with what is um, what's meant to be a homemade device, I think, Joe, outside of maternity hospital in Liverpool, just before um, eleven o'clock in the morning on Remembrance Sunday, um, and there's a really extraordinary CCTV clip which doing the round, which shows the uh, the cab driver David Perry kind of leaping from the cab as it kind of goes up in flames, and thankfully he's okay um, and he's been discharged from hospital. 
Joe, do you have any sort of further details on this incident that we can that we can share, or is, is there anything? No, we no, we don't have any additional information in terms of the actual attack, and and like um, there's nothing we we have that that isn't in the public domain on that. Obviously, what we've been really looking at is is the far right reaction to this, um, and that's for a few reasons, right? It, often, when you look at terror attacks uh, and events like this, in terms of things like backlash and hate crime backlashes and the like, they often they, they differ from attack to attack depending on the target and the person and who dies and how many people die. All these things factor into how big the backlash will be. For example, we saw obviously a huge far-right backlash after the, the murder of Lee Rigby, but much less so when we saw the policeman killed outside Parliament. One of our big concerns around this one was, of course, if it looked like it was going to be an, an attack on Remembrance Sunday, and we, we don't know if it was, and, and we'll have to wait to see. We still don't know the motives and all of that, so we're not going to speculate. Um, any, but within the far right, it's already been deemed that this was an attack by an Islamist terrorist against uh, soldiers celebrating Remembrance Sunday. And that ticks many of the boxes that mean that the, this gets the far right very excited and angry. So what we've really been doing is obviously monitoring across the far right what, what everyone's been saying about this and, and seeing if there's anything being planned. So, yeah, and that's really interesting that there's, that, there's a kind of, um, the, the way in which that sort of thing plays out that as you say that, that is, that's that's an interesting dynamic there but let's move on to the responses from the far right i think i suppose some of the moves uh that they've made have been pretty obvious um but have any really stood out to you i mean the one that really jumped out to me was uh mark collett leader of pa who was who used it explicitly to start talking about repatriation i mean that jumped out to me immediately um yeah so i mean unsurprisingly they have far right reacted as you would expect around this right um uh instantaneously it was all about islam it was about muslims um what i would say is is so far actually while there's been lots of anger in the far right um there's almost a little bit less noise or calls to action than we would have ordinarily expected so uh, you know i don't know why that is as such but there's certainly been lots of anger about it there's been lots of talk about it and broadly speaking they've framed it in a few ways i mean Lots of people have instantly gone back and said that this is uh, a chance to talk about like warning of the dangers of small boats crossing the channel, obviously cross-channel migration. Um, there's been lots of criticism of the government for its failure to kind of remove asylum seekers whose claims have been rejected. Um, you know, we've seen that across the far right. Uh, and then also there's a kind of perceived dishonesty of the media and, and, and attacks on the BBC for not coming out and saying it as it supposedly is. Of course, obviously the journalists or responsible journalists are not reporting on things that they don't have hard evidence on yet and, and hasn't been released. But from the far right's perspective, they should be all jumping up and down saying that this is about Islam. So there's the kind of areas. Now, the most kind of, I mean, some people, and on the day, Alan Leggett, that we've mentioned loads on the podcast, Active Patriot UK, he shot straight up to Liverpool on the morning after the event. He was in Liverpool and he made a video that's been really widely shared where he confronts journalists um, he got really kind of, uh, he starts shouting about the suspected attacker and, and police got involved and he confronts the journalist reporting about this issue. And, and that that video went really widely around the far right. But there's no section of the far right that haven't kind of, or, or very few that haven't mentioned it in parts. Obviously, Tommy Robinson, um, he's made some of like claims that the attacker was from Jordan. Um, and the, actually, the other thing that Tommy mentioned, but that lots of them mentioned, is about this conversion to Christianity that the, the newspapers have been talking about. And um, 
he's uh, lots of people have been saying actually that this was like a plot or a fake plan again we don't have any evidence on that so i can't comment so the whole of the far right's been angry about it but as yet we haven't seen a great drive towards anything happening on the ground in liverpool or any demonstrations or anything like that yet but if we do hear about that we'll obviously we'll start talking about it publicly if as and when we find it there will be far right figures obviously though attempting to exploit this and it wouldn't be a great surprise if people like britain first turn up in liverpool in the next few days and that sort of stuff but luckily being liverpool um, usually when the far right turn up, they don't have the, the warmest of welcomes. So um, maybe that's why in this instance, the far right haven't haven't turned up so quickly. Well, that's putting it mildly. I remember um, James Goddard had a particularly uh, particularly rough run in over in Liverpool during the Northwest uh, European elections in 2019, didn't he? So, uh, yeah, um, and there was also the, Nas- the National Action one where they got, um, of course. got run out of town and hid in the baggage collection box with the shutters down. Who can forget? Yeah, iconic. Um, what about the conspiracy scene? Was there anything, anything from them? I mean, what, what have they been saying about this attack? Um, so there's been again on the more weird conspiracy sections that there's lots of talk. As as is when anything happens, there's talk that this was supposedly a false flag. Um, either that it was carried out by some sort of secret ruling cabal, or that the footage was staged. Um, so, but you know, the problem with these conspiracy groups that we monitor is. Um, everything is a false flag and everything is done by a ruling cabal and all the footage of everything and any evidence that is that is, is staged so it's not particularly useful but um yeah they they are like like the like the wider the far right uh, they are also talking about it and they're also actually sharing active patriots content we found a lot of this video breaking across from the far right into the conspiracy scene as well so um he's he's getting around at the moment yeah well let's let's talk about him actually because um as you say we've mentioned him on the on the podcast before um and he's had quite a busy quite a busy week so Alan, his name real name's alan leggett he goes mm-hmm. by the name active patriot you know real sort of see say what you see type name that really but what what's he been up to of like he's been really kind of ramping up his activity over the last few months hasn't he and where do you sort of situate him in the in the sort of wider movement is he really a sort of key figure these days in in, in the uk far right do you think yeah so i mean Alan Leggett's been around for many years. He was part, he was very close to the Tommy Robinson scene for a number of years. And, you know, uh, 2017, 18, he was at lots of those kind of Tommy far-right demonstrations outside court. And he, he was this kind of one of these citizen journalists we've written a lot about. You know, he goes with his camera and he reports the truth, as he would argue it. Um, now, he's, like, became one of the key migrant hunters, as they were called, um, through 2020 and into 21. Uh, and then, a few months ago, he had a bit of a hiatus where he said, you know, he got in some legal troubles, etc., and, and he kind of stepped back. But as you say, in the recent month or so, he's really come back into the scene. He's doing lots of migrant stuff again. Obviously, he jumped up and, and went to Liverpool. We mentioned, I think, was it the week before last, that he's also talking about kind of supposedly Muslim grooming gangs. And he's talked a lot about uh, he's planning to do a tour around eight cities across the country to talk about Muslim grooming in Bradford and Rotherham and Rochdale and other places. So he's having a busy few weeks at the moment. Um, and yeah, and hence why, you know, him shooting up to Liverpool, it, it was an interesting one to see how quickly his content shot around the far right because of, of how widely he's being watched. <clears throat> he's also fundraising for a boat, I've seen. Um I've seen I've seen this boat. It looks like one wave would sort of smash it to pieces. Really, I, I don't think it's going to be a particularly successful venture. And 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 the far right have got history with this kind of thing of like fundraising for a boat and then getting into all kinds of 
trouble out in the sea. What what's going on here? Yeah, so I mean, yeah, you're right. The far right have. I mean, Britain first have had a little boat that that spent more time on in dry dock than it has on the sea. Um, when they had their little HMS, whatever it was called, I mean, when they claimed they were the first nationalist group to have their own navy, um, it's like, which, it, was like um, a, it was like a pedalo, wasn't it? Was like they just... Yeah, no, it was it was like a quite a nice little yacht there one. But then was also um, uh, um, a few of the other kind of migrant hunters, a group called Little Boats, they have a little boat that they've been going out in the Channel with. Um, there was also um, is he is, uh, is, is he the, is he the guy that you described as a once described on the podcast famously as a uh, what was it a, a sort of a wedding DJ with a ponytail is that the other guy yeah yeah that's exactly him yeah yeah so they've got a little boat and there's also little veteran um, Nigel Marcham he has a, a like an inflatable dinghy that they go out on occasion now of course actually I mean our big concern has always been that these boats would actually get in the way of rescue attempts or they would. Uh, you know, in the same way that we were concerned when GI or Generation Identity did back in 2017 with their boat in the Med. But so far, what these boats seem to do is just poodle around and, and take footage of themselves that they then use on social media. But yeah, both Leggett and March were trying to fundraise for for a kind of a little little boat. I mean, it's it's more substantial than what Marcham is using at the moment. Um, but we'll, we'll have to see if they break through because, of course, also Leggett is also fundraising for a van for an L- with an LED screen on it for this kind of tour of eight cities in a day that he wants to do around uh, grooming gangs. So he's, he's fundraising for a number of things at the moment. The other thing I think's worth touching on with Leggett is his, he's sort of been giving a bit of a platform to this group identity England. Um, Mm -hmm. And we haven't, we we mentioned them off in the aftermath of the David Amos murder, because they um, just, you know, they were featured in kind of what some of our responses or some of their responses, sorry. Um, as we were analysing it, but we, we haven't really touched on who this who this group is, what they're about. I mean, I, I presumably there's some sort of rump generation identity group, but could you give our listeners a bit of a and me as well? I, I don't even know who, who this group yeah, yeah, are. Really. Sure. How big are they? What they are? What they're about? Yeah, so I'm almost loath to talk about them. They're that small. Okay, but um, they are. <laughs> um, but you're right. They are. Um, basically, it's it's the remnants of what was originally generation identity in the UK, the branch that was set up here, and then that had various incarnations through various leaders and collapses over a number of years. And, and then, um, and then it kind of eventually that, that network or that movement folded and then Identity England sprang up. Um, and it's really, really small. And it's led by a guy called Charlie Fox, who was in, in Generation Identity. And they were, I mean, they have recently started to do the odd, odd banner drop and stuff. They did a banner drop uh, last week, actually, outside Hans Police Station with a banner that said, being white is not a hate crime. And um, there was only four of them. It was Charlie Fox, Nick Scanlon, Sam Sivens, all, all people that we we're all well aware of from the old Generation Identity days. And um, yeah, I mean, they are... Uh, well, I guess they most of these guys are quite young and they cut their teeth in Generation Identity, which was all about social media content. It was all about banner drops. And so they're doing that sort of stuff as well. But they're also very, very small. I mean, we're talking a tiny handful of activists. They're also linked into a thing called um, Local Matters, which is a front group which talks about localism and green issues. And uh, essentially, that is also a front group for this identitarian group as well, that's less overtly or obviously far right. But generally speaking, as a group, they are absolutely tiny. And most of them are kind of guys in their 20s who, who started in GI and, and there's only a few of them left now. Uh, let's, let's move on to, um, to talk about Remembrance Sunday um, because there were all kinds of far-right groups doing things on Remembrance Sunday as they, they tend to do. Um, let's start with Patriotic Alternative. I think there's a, there's a couple of things to discuss here. They had about 30 people out 
uh, in York. Collett gave a speech. Sam Mealy gave a speech. Uh, Sam Mealy was there. Laura Tyler was there. Apparently, a couple, a couple of supposed veterans gave speeches as well, and then they went to the pub. But I think our listeners are probably think, wondering two questions, Joe. Why are a bunch of white nationalists uh, commemorating Remembrance Day? Uh, we, we kind of see this every year, don't we, with the National Front? I mean, the question is kind of how these groups perform this particular set of mental gymnastics that leads them to doing a uh, Remembrance Day event. And the second question is, um, patriotic alternative are out with these reads saying no more brother wars. Could you just tell our listeners kind of what that means as well? Yeah, so this is, yeah, as you say, this kind of mental gymnastics that happens in the far right once every November. And for many, many decades, the National Front, which again, uh, you know, people did it this year, they used to march to the Senate or march to the Cenotaph in London. After the main event had happened, the National Front would always then have their own march with like these abysmal dramas and they would go down and they would lay their kind of racist wreaths. Now, this has always been a tension within the far right about kind of nationalism versus Nazism or, or kind of uh, love of Britain and England versus love of Nazi Germany. And there's always been this tension on where it lands. Now, part of that is, is that lots of people that get involved in the British far right are obviously at the heart, they are British nationalists. And then who also like what the Third Reich did. Now, obviously, the Second World War creates a bit of a conflict there because which side do you support? Do you support the Nazis or do you support uh, Britain? Now, the way that often they get around this is through this thing called No Brothers Wars. And this is this idea that the First World War and the Second World War um, especially, of course, uh, they often start with the First World War, was uh, a war between European brothers. You know, we should have a, we should be a brotherhood of, in their eyes, a brotherhood of kind of white Europeans of the same culture that are brothers. And as a result, there shouldn't be wars between, between them. So there should be no more. We are brothers with these people. Um, and many of the, the in, uh, for long standing, all the way back to the 1920s and 30s, many fascists would argue that the First World War was this kind of manufactured war, usually manufactured by uh, kind of a secret Jewish cabal um, to push and destroy the West. And these, these narratives continue to exist in the British far right. And of course, the way you can get around this awkward situation of Britain being at war with the Nazis in the Second World War, if you are British nationalist and a Nazi, is to turn around and push this line of no more brothers wars, which is saying that real, we must remember both sides. We must remember the British soldiers that died and were forced into the war by corrupt elites. And we must remember the Nazi Germans who fought for what they would argue is, is, was the right cause. And that way it allows them to square this circle of, of kind of support, essentially trying to support both sides in the war. Hmm. Grim stuff. Who who uh, <coughs> who else was out over the uh, Remembrance Sunday? Britain First? They must have done something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Britain First did their thing. And again, so they were, they were out in Woolwich. Again, small numbers, Woolwich, Manchester. Uh, they were in Wales and I think the Midlands as well, but really pretty small numbers. They had about, I think, at least four events. Um, Paul Golding went up to Manchester to, to lay a wreath and, and with their Britain First one. As you say, there was obviously... Um, uh, kind of PA had a wide catalogue of events across the weekend and then some of them were quite large obviously there was also some in Scotland and um, there was you know across the UK they, they had some quite large attendances and then they also rolled it into some leafleting etc but they were also PA also went to London Cenotaph and they had, they had uh, kind of five or six people down they had a banner saying we remember all who fought and died for Britain 
um, they would no longer recognize. So again, we remember all. So, I mean, it's, um, it's yeah, so there was them, the National Front, obviously kind of the dregs of whatever was left there, they dragged themselves past the cenotaph. Um, and so, yeah, and then obviously the wider far right, you know, people like we talk about the migrant hunters, but also Tommy Robinson, etc. For them, it's obviously much more of an easy one in the sense that those people are not neo-Nazis or Tommy Robinson is not a neo-Nazi. So for him, it's, it's about English now, British nationalism. And, and obviously he put lots of stuff on social media as he always does as well. So across the gamut of the far right, this is a day that is discussed and used to push various types of far right politics. That's interesting. Thanks, Joe. Um, good little summary there of, uh, of the mental gymnastics at play. I think we'll probably call it there. It's been a, kind of a short, snappy episode. Um, so thanks, mate. Thanks for your insights. Thanks to our producer, Jake, as well. And um, we'll see you next week. Uh, well, I think we might have something quite interesting for you next week, all being well. So check in then. Um, fingers otherwise, crossed. Fingers crossed. Otherwise, Joe, I'll catch you next week, mate. Yeah, look after yourself. See you in a bit. You too, bro. Bye-bye. cannot prevent 50 people, 50 postmen or 50 dustmen from having anti-Semitic thoughts. But you can prevent 50 dustmen forming an anti-Semitic dustmen association. Take the fight of the enemy and attack those before they attack you.